Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey everybody, welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. My hope is that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But regardless of whether you come to our meetings or you don't, or maybe you simply missed or you live in a different state or a different country, hey, we love you so much and we're so excited that you're joining in. We hope that you can join in on the conversation that we started in person on this case, on our Wednesday night meeting. And we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. I'm so excited to be able to continue it here on the podcast. I'm excited for those of you who go to our Goodyear meeting to be able to get a chance to hear from this gal who um, is going to be sharing with us today. I'm just so excited to be able to uh, just share this with everybody. This this uh, new friend of mine, uh, this new connection that has been made father, uh, just in this space is has been so encouraging to me. Um, this person is doing some really amazing things out in the West Valley, and um, that that's just so important to me as as um, this has kind of been my stomping grounds, the West Valley of Arizona, and to see her uh, just willing to be able to uh, make a way whenever there wasn't a way in her um, neighborhood, in her community, has been so encouraging. And I'm excited for you guys to be able to hear a little bit about what she's been up to. And so I won't keep uh, talking any much longer. I, I just want to hear from her. So would you please go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, John. I am so excited to be here with you this morning. My name is Khadija. And as you mentioned, um, my connection with you is through the West Valley, through Goodyear. I know we instantly connected as a, a result of someone giving me your information, your name and number, and I know I instantly called you, and it was like talking to a friend. We had <laughs> conversations that were near and dear to both of our hearts, mm. and I am just truly excited to continue to to network with you, to engage with you, to talk with you. And I always say I probably talk your ears off, but I'm so excited to be here on this podcast with you today. Thank, thank you. you. So, no, thank you. Thank you so much for making the time. It's it's uh, like I, I even shared with you. It's a, it's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to our listeners. And so I'm excited to be able to just get into this a little bit. So, um, yes, we're out here in the West Valley. Right. And ultimately, kind of what uh, has connected us is is honestly recovery. Right. But Absolutely. more specifically is an organization that you've been working with, which is PALS, which we'll get into. Um, but I just say that to just premise our conversation here, because I would love if you just shared a little bit about your story, how you ended up kind of getting wound up in this whole recovery lifestyle and, you know, out in the West Valley and, and just all of these different things. I would just love for you to just share with our listeners a little bit about you so that we can just get to know you a little better. Absolutely. So originally I'm from the Midwest, actually a small little place called Springfield, Illinois. Most people know it because it's Lincoln's home. Nice. Yeah. And I moved out here about seven and a half years ago to Goodyear. Very excited to be here. Uh, wonderful environment. Love the neighborhood. And, of course, love the weather. Can't, <laughs> yeah. can't, can't beat the weather. <laughs> so as I'm living out here and, and, and working out here, 
um, what I started to experience was just a, a couple of things going on with, within my family. And I have a loved one, and what was occurring was just some, what we thought was a phase, you know, mm. some substance misuse, abuse. Um, so, you know, really working with the family, it's a new environment, we're here, what does this look like? We don't have a lot of family here. And as time went on, what was still this wonderful place to relocate to became more of a, did I make the right decision? Mm. Should I be here? How do I deal with these issues? And my family is back in the Midwest. We're mm. back in Illinois. And so over time, what I've experienced and, and had experienced was how do I continue to provide self-care for myself, provide care for my family, assist my loved one who was also having these issues, and it became an impact on our entire family. Mm. And continuing to be here in the West Valley, I continued to look for resources. And I was able to find resources for my loved one. But as my loved one was continuing to get better, still portions of my family were still broken. Mm. And it was very disheartening. Uh, stressful days, you know, stressful nights because you always want the best for your family as a whole. And what I found was where there are services to help loved ones, wonderful services, great networking, sponsorships. But what I found was I wasn't receiving the help that I needed to mm. be able to, once again, self-care, enjoy my family, enjoy vacations, dinners, dates with mm. my husband. You know, I was missing all that. And so, John, a little bit about how I got started with PALS was I received some information for, from PALS, and PALS is Parents of Addicted Loved Ones. Mm. And at the time, we were going through the pandemic, so that was even more stressful. And PAL was having meetings online. And you could log on, you could receive newsletters, you could receive emails, you know, podcasts such as you were doing. And finally, when there was opportunities to meet in person, I reached out to PAL and thought, great, I'll find a meeting space in Goodyear. Yeah. Perfect. My community, my neighborhood, right? Not so much. Mm. There were other locations in the West Valley, but not in Goodyear. Mm. And I, I really prayed and thought, if I am a parent, if I am a wife, uh, niece, grandmother, you know, whatever the family definition is, I am sure people are struggling with how to deal with family issues, how to deal with um, use and, and abuse and substance misuse and those different kind of things. And how do you restore your family relationships? And I reached out to PAL and spoke to some wonderful staff. And they said, well, there's no meeting in Goodyear, but these are locations that are close. And I thought, what do you need to do to have a meeting in Goodyear? <laughs> and from that conversation until I sit here today, we instituted a meeting in Goodyear. We meet every Saturday from 10 to 1130. We meet at Harvest Baptist Church in Goodyear. And I tell you, John, for the first couple of meetings, I sat there alone. Yeah. And I thought, well, God has led me here. I'm supposed to be here. 
I'll just have a lesson for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and slowly, I, I really believe people started sharing information. We were dropping off brochures and people started coming. And my experience has continued to just want to provide services and resources for families. I truly have a passion for working with families, working with women that are seeking continued recovery and rehabilitation. And that has just been my passion. So I continue to work with PALS. I continue to share information about any resources that I have that I can help women through recovery, through rehabilitation, to coping skills, educational skills, all of that stuff. And I know I said that in a, in a very long breath, but I am just here and, and just love to be of a resource and to be of help. And you are. You're doing such a great job, and I think this is a testament to that, and I just can't wait to see where God's going to take you next, to be Me honest. Too. I think, you know, it's just, it's so apparent in the conversations that we have that he's got such big plans for you, and I'm excited for our community to be able to just, like, get you unleashed on this community and to be able to have you just influence women's lives in the, in our area, you know? Yes. And so I'm grateful for you. A couple of things that I would just love to uh, maybe get into a little bit is, you know, you had this, you, you mentioned that, you know, your, your loved one was going through recovery. They're, they're getting the help that they need, but you had this realization of, well, I need to get help. I need, I, the reason why I want to kind of get in on that is because that is not necessarily always the case. You know, I feel like a lot of times when I'm working with folks who are struggling with any type of hurt, habit, or hang-up, they're working through their recovery, a lot of times they're dealing with a struggle with their other loved ones who don't seem to have that same way of thinking. And so I'm wondering, what was that journey like for you, for you as a, as a, a, you know, a loved one of somebody who is struggling with addiction? How did you bridge that gap? Like, what did it look like for you to be able to say, I'm glad they're getting the help, but I need to get help as well, too. Like, how did you have that realization? Because I really don't think it's as common mm -hmm. um, as maybe people might think. I think the greatest thing for me personally that I can recall having that aha moment, if you will, was life wasn't fun. Wow. And, you know, I know that we all have different challenges, uh, some easy, some difficult. I know that we are expected to live this life and we appreciate the life that we're given. But I was in a state where it just wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying fun is, is a light word to use, but when you don't continue to have conversations with loved ones because you don't want them to ask you what's going on, yeah. when you don't um, engage with friends in social circles and have dinners and conversations, meet for coffee and tea because you don't want someone to mm -hmm. ask you what's going on. When you're in a home with other loved ones and everyone is in their own space because they don't want to talk. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm saying in the sense of fun, not that it's supposed to be this party all the sure. time and this celebration, but I knew when I moved out here, there was a certain sense of self that I brought from the Midwest, from Illinois. And that same sense of self should have been what came with me to mm. Arizona. And as things started to occur, 
I lost her. Mm. Where is Khadijah? Yeah. You know, it became this outgoing person that wants to, to travel and to see other sites of Arizona. It became, I just want to stay home. I don't want to talk. I don't want to engage. I just want to do nothing. And, and I know that for me, that was when I came to the realization that, okay, over here, they're getting the help that they need, but you won't be of much help mm. to help that person anymore if you're not in the right. And we talked about this earlier, mindset, physical state, mm. um, just health and wellness. What did that look like for me? And, you know, dark days and dark nights are not fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's like I need some self-care. I need to speak to some folks. I need to figure out. What do I now do as a family member that has gone through this, if you will, this trauma? Yeah. And so that's what really, I would say, encouraged me to reach out for help, mm -hmm. support, conversations, so that I could go back to being who I was. Mm. That's so good. I mean, I, and I really hope that our listeners hear that because... Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it doesn't even matter if, if we have loved ones who struggle with drugs and alcohol or anything else. I mean, even if life is seemingly perfect, right? Like right. I, there's this mental health, like this, um, practice of, of being healthy in our minds, in our bodies, our souls, I mean, is super important. And I think that it's such a beautiful thing that when anybody who is, you know, in your situation or anybody who's in a similar situation it's so amazing when um, we can get connected into a space that's going to provide healing for the entire family. Correct. And so I wonder, what was it about PALS that once you kind of got connected or once you started to get some information or something, what kind of got you connected or like what kept you coming back or like what was it that made you feel like, man, this could actually help me. Like this could bring that fun back to my family. This could make me happy again or bring old Khadijah back. What was it about the program that, you know, start, gave you that maybe like a glimmer of hope? I would say um, one of the, the first things is that the PAL facilitators are actually, they're all volunteers, and mm. they're volunteers that are either some type of familial relationship with an addicted loved one, right? So these are folks that have walked that walk, are mm. on that journey, that path. Um, they've lived the experiences. So to hear from someone that was going through much of the same thing as my family, mm. it was helpful. It was resourceful. They understood. I think that was one of the things that touched me. Um, it's face faith-based, excuse mm. me, POW is a faith-based organization, and they believe in the power of prayer. Yeah. <laughs> prayer is powerful. And so the meetings have a purpose of helping family members to deal with the different issues that are going on in, in their families, but it's also um, invaluable in the sense of the resources that you receive, the educational resources. And I say the resources because it's not that they give you hey, do this, and this fixes this issue or this problem. But they do give you the resources and the tools, and we say the gems, to be able to um, have conversations, deal with difficult situations, set boundaries, um, understand self-care, your health, your wellness. And so 
what I most appreciated is that those guiding principles were true. Mm. You know, the meetings were informal in the sense everyone is able to share what they wish to share. You can receive as much as you wish to receive. Mm. And so just having other voices, other um, support systems, people that understood what my family was going through was very helpful through PALS. Yeah. And so what does that look like now today? What's what's kind of different? How have you taken some of the information that you've learned at PALS or even just some of that, you know, information that has come from those resources or those gems that you've kind of pulled out? What does that look like today for you guys as you've taken some of this new kind of way of thinking and started to implement it in your lifestyle? Um, what is that? What does that look like kind of for you today now? Well, one of the things I always like to um, share that's different now is that I can truly say I understand what healthy adult relationships mm. should look like, um, what what the composition is. Um, I understand there's a difference in supporting someone versus enabling someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that... Um, you know, to to offer support to someone doesn't mean that you just have to stay and wallow with them in limbo. Yeah. That you can become that person of support, that you're supporting them, but you're also saying, hey, I can't fix you. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I was always in the fix mode because mm. I thought that's what you do. It's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but I think now more of the information that has helped me continue to live a healthier lifestyle, practice self-care, be supportive of loved ones, have healthy family relationships, is to know that while I'm here to be of a support, I'm not going to be the fixer. I can't be the fixer. And I think, you know, your, your, your support is always there. Your love is there. But to have healthy boundaries and to be able to have good conversations is critical to any healthy adult relationship, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so that is really what has helped me to continue to remain focused, if you will, and to be able to not only focus on what my family needs, but to be able to offer greater help in the community when someone reaches out and says, would you come speak to this group or talk to this group of women? John, I have to tell you, my passion is always there. I'm always available. I want to encourage people to learn these different ways of living because we have a purpose. We yeah. have a passion. We have an assignment. And that's what we're called to do is to help. And so whatever help looks like, West Valley, Khadijah's wanting to help. <laughs> so I, that has been very enlightening for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The uh, One other thing I was just kind of wondering about is what do you think your recovery and you taking kind of ownership about your own personal growth, how do you feel that that impacts your loved one's recovery? So my loved one's recovery was definitely as a result of substance misuse and abuse. I'll say that. My recovery was definitely how to not enable that loved one. So my recovery looked like What's a healthy boundary? Mm -hmm. What's good communication? What's a yes? What's a no? 
what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, what's acceptable. So as I say, my recovery was how do I not be anxious? Mm. How do I not um, overextend myself? How do I learn how to say no to things that I know I should say no to? How do I not overpromise or underpromise? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because people use the term recovery or rehabilitation because there's um, maybe a chemical. It's not necessarily. It's because there's an issue of a possible deficiency within your own self that you need to focus on. Mm, and so good. my recovery is how do I stand as Khadijah with my morals and my values encourage you, love you, support you, but still remain true to who I'm supposed to be. Mm. So my that's my recovery job. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds very similar to most people. I mean, if we really take it down to the foundation, I mean, that's, you know, maybe some of us don't have that moral kind of code yet or that moral kind of foundation, and that's what we're trying to build. But then long-lasting recovery for anybody, whether it's drugs or alcohol or anybody, anything else, is, mm-hmm. is, is, is it's just that. How do I manage all of life's difficulties while maintaining, you know, what I believe to be true or right. what's at the heart of who I am. Absolutely. I wonder too, what, um, you know, you shared some very, I almost like hot topics a little bit, uh, about your recovery and some of those, you know, setting boundaries and saying no, you know, to things that you, I wonder what, like, could you give us some practical, you know, um, tools for, let's just say for that, like for how, how do you set a, a boundary when you know that you're supposed to say no to something and um, you you want to say no to something because you believe that that's what's right, um, but you are struggling, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. your loved one is is looking at you in your face and telling you, you know, all of the things that you, you know, you want to hear in order to try to get you to do this thing, you know, you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. How do you actually follow through with that? Like, what do you, how do you stick to your guns? Like, are there, you know, different tools that you like or phrases you use or like, what do you like? What's that space that you go to in you that helps you actually follow through on some of that stuff? Well, what has been very um, helpful, as I mentioned with PALS, is there's what we call gems. And gems are just quick statements as to what you can tell someone. Because you don't want to be combative, and you don't want to argue, and you don't want the back and forth. And so what we find is the gems that we use, they're just very short. And so, for instance, one gem that that I love is, I believe you can do it. I'm here to help you. Mm. And then that's all that has to be said. Yeah. But, you know, it's easy to do that if it's a relatively easy (laughs) request, right? It's those requests that um, create angst and uncertainty. And I, for me, I always have to go back and ask myself, why am I setting this boundary? So Mm -hmm. why am I saying yes or no? What is the, the reason for it? So, Is it for what type of purpose? Because at the end of the day, I want to help you. I want to support you. I don't want to feel pity in a sense. And so I have to look at it as, is it going to be of help, of support for you? Or is it something that I'm doing that's going to lead you to 
not continue to be accountable and responsible for yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a variety of different things I think about over the years um, that that I, I said yes to and maybe I shouldn't have or maybe I said no to and, and, you know, I shouldn't have. But for me, I always have to go back to the one question is, why am I setting this boundary, mm. rather it's for the person or myself, and what does my response look like if I say yes? What does it look like if I say no? And truly, lastly, how is it of a benefit to you? Because if mm. it's just an enabling act and it takes you off of your path of being responsible and accountable and living your sobriety and your recovery, then I'm I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. But nothing is ever as easy as just yes or no. <laughs> so you I you have to balance it because at the end of the day you want to make sure that you're comfortable with whatever you decided. Yeah. And I say you're comfortable because the person may not be comfortable with whatever your decision is, but am I okay with what I've decided based on what I know? Wow. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And something that I kind of learned amongst this too, and this maybe uh, would be in alignment with what you're talking about too, is um, making those those boundaries and setting those boundaries outside of like, I don't want to wait until th- it comes up to set yes. that boundary, right? Like Absolutely. I want to set that boundary. You know, I'm sitting down with my wife and we're having conversations about these things and we set those boundaries so that in the heat of a moment when mm-hmm. somebody's trying to convince me to do something for them that I'm not sure, that's not the time I want to set boundaries, right? I want right. to set boundaries you know, whenever I'm in a, a calm space where I can go and pray and I can have conversation with my wife, that's where I want to set those boundaries right. to be able to, when the t- thing comes up and I say, I am able to go, why have I set this boundary? Th- and I can remind myself, mm-hmm. this is the reason why I set this boundary. This is why I'm doing this. I feel comfortable in it because I was able to, you know, have conversation with my loved one or, or whatever outside of this. I've had time to pray about it. I, mm-hmm. I'm confident already before this person comes to me Absolutely. asking me for something. I already have that in place. And so um, I think that's important, too, with, with yeah. boundaries there. Absolutely. And the greatest thing that you said is that that those pre-thoughts and, and pre-setting. Because, you know, sometimes we get in situations and you're asked to make an instant decision. But if you've had that time to to really reflect on what is this going to look like in the future, that definitely is 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 critical. Yeah, have yeah. Being, try to be as prepared as possible. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you can't always know what's going to happen, especially, you know, in in uh, unfortunate circumstances. But right. I mean, we can certainly be as prepared as we possibly can, and and that's definitely what we want to do. Absolutely. One of the things that I would I think is probably, and I'm I, I'm not even sure if you have a, a you know real answer for this, but it's something that. Um, as a new parent, I would love to hear, um, your kind of thoughts on this. And I'm sure probably anybody else who is out there that has, uh, any loved ones that are struggling would be, uh, wondering about is you had mentioned that anxiety, that Mm -hmm. angst that comes from having a loved one who is out there and you just don't know, you know, you're just unsure even in recovery and just not knowing, um, that anxiety, that worry, that concern, um, I'm sure to a certain level, 
never really truly goes away. I, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, yeah, like I have a daughter now and, and I think about her all the time. So I don't, you know, I don't really know what that looks like, but I'm wondering, you know, how do you navigate through that? Is there healthy tools that you've learned? Um, obviously you can't just not feel, you know, and Absolutely. not worry or not, but to maybe a certain degree, I, I, what, what does that look like for you? Is it different? Is it, you know, kind of pretty dependent upon how a person's doing or how do you kind of manage through that today? That's a good question. And, and I think as, um, parents, regardless, we always want the best, right? Yeah. And you know, I don't know if there's just one thing that you do or there's several things that you do. I know without a prayer life, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. (laughs) (laughs) I know that for a fact. Absolutely. But I think it's that understanding that everyone's experiences and their journey um, looks different. Hmm. And being accepting of that journey and those experiences are one thing. And even though you're accepting it's still trying to figure out how best, and I keep going back to support and communication because you don't have to agree, but you still have to have that willingness to be able to, um, I say accept, because it's understanding that you don't have the control. Mm-hmm. You know, accepting that you don't have the control, accepting that you can only fix you, Um, accepting that this person may make their own choices, they may have their own consequences, but all that you can do when that angst comes and those uncertain times appear is remember, you know, prayer is powerful, but also use any resources, tools, educational things that you can get your hands on, readings, books, because all of that is just truly self-knowledge that you'll be able to say, oh, I read this, and this really applies this time. I can use this. And sometimes it's just you're walking by faith, John. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe you. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I, I think what you said, though, is really beautiful. I mean, acceptance is, is really the key to, you know, all of my fears and all of my worries is just accepting the fact that, I can't fix a person. I can't, you know, I don't know. I, I want this for my own, you know, friends and family too, or I would really love if I could keep them from stumbling and going through pain. And, but at the end of the day, I know how much, even though I couldn't see it then, Mm -hmm. I I can see now how, what, what beauty that pain has brought, you know, and the lessons that I've learned. And, and so, you know, something that I think is important for me to try to remember if I'm trying to prevent people from experiencing pain, I'm also preventing them from experiencing those breakthroughs Absolutely. And, and the blessings that come from working through that. And so I really appreciate you. And I, uh, I look forward to our continuing conversations in the future and just hearing about different, uh, things that kind of come up as yes. God's leading you through this. But is there anything else just kind of that you've learned in PALS or just something that even if you share a little bit about uh, more about PALS or your meeting? Uh, I know probably by the time that this podcast goes up, you guys are going to have a, a pretty special one-year anniversary at your guys' group. And so we're, we're praying and, and celebrating with you through that. But is there anything else that you would just like to share with our listeners? Um, even if you just want to share 
maybe for uh, folks out there that are in a position that you were in, not connected, not knowing what to do, or maybe there's somebody out there that's struggling, any kind of advice or, or anything of that nature that you'd like to share before we, we go today? Um, I would just say, once again, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and to be able to have this conversation with you because a lot of times people don't talk because mm-hmm. they think there's the stigma or something must be wrong if it's happening in my family. So I say uh, those are myths. Yeah. Please find resources, help within your community or even outside of your community. But finding the help and the support is critical um, for everyone. Yeah. Uh, yes, on September the 10th, we will celebrate our one-year POW meetings that we have been having in Goodyear. We are excited. And people say celebrate. And it's like, yeah, because we've persevered, right? Yeah. Because we're still able to stand and to pray and, and to remain hopeful. So that's what the celebration is, right. is truly for. And so we're looking forward to that meeting. But I would say, you know, POW is a wonderful group. There are meetings all over the valley as well as in other states. And people can visit the website at palgroup.org. If you're interested in coming to the Goodyear meetings, we meet every Saturday from 10 to 1130. And it's just a wonderful organization that is full of people offering support and most importantly, hope. Mm, amen. <laughs> I would encourage you guys all to go out there, uh, go and, and meet Khadijah, even if, uh, you know, you just have some questions, go out and, and meet her get connected with her. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you made the time to come Thank out. You. God bless you and God Me bless too. your family, Thank your you. loved ones, and just everything that you're doing. God bless you. And I can't wait to see uh, what God's going to do next in your life. Thank you. You as well. Have a wonderful day, John. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.